0: Welcome to Tibet Talks, a podcast series from the International Campaign for Tibet. You're about to hear the recording of a live conversation. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: everyone. Uh, hello and, uh, welcome to another monthly episode of our Tibet Talks. I am Denja Gyatso, uh, your host today. I'm Interim Vice-President and Director of Outreach at International Campaign for Tibet. Um, we started this Tibet Talks uh, in May to, 2020, as we were facing um, the huge challenge of dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we reflected on words of His Holiness the Dalai Lama, who has always called for genuine global cooperation among nations, and amongst people to deal with existential issues that we face from climate change to violence inspired by religion and political fervor to the urgent need for love and compassion as the best and most effective way to bring about peace and a more just world uh, for all of us. And uh, through this series of uh, Tibet Talks, we endeavor to bring you guests who have been inspired by His Holiness and who take action to support his vision um, for the future well-being of humanity and our planet. And these values, these are values that are um, from the foundation that form the foundation of Tibetan culture and identity that is being suppressed and destroyed in Tibet. Joining us today, um, we have two special guests. Our first guest is founder and publisher of Kokila, and uh, imprint of Penguin Young Readers, dedicated to centering stories from the margins. Um, She is editor of numerous award-winning children's books, and she previously held editorial positions at HarperCollins and uh, Simon & Schuster. Um, she also grew up in Afghanistan, India, Canada, Pakistan, Germany, Poland, and now calls New York City her home. And uh, but more importantly, she is the person behind His Holiness the Dalai Lama's first children's book titled The Seed of Compassion, Lessons from the Life and Teachings of His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Please jo- join me to welcome Namrata Tripathi. Namrata, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so welcome. much
0: for me. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, joining us also from Atlanta, Georgia, is Executive Director of the Centre for Contemplative Science and Compassion-Based Ethics. And among many things, he is also the developer of Cognitively-Based Compassion Training, a secular method of cultivating compassion based on the Tibetan tradition of mind training. He completed his Geshil Haramba degree at Debung Loseling Monastery in South India and he also holds a PhD from Emory University. He spearheads the Emory Tibet Science Initiative as well as the uh, C Learning, the Social Emotional, Ethical Learning Program, a K-12 educational framework curriculum. So please join me also to welcome uh, Professor Lopsang Tensi-Neki.
2: Thank you. Thank
1: you so much. Jenna, thank you both uh, for joining us today. It's really an honor to have you both here on Tibet Talks. And uh, before beginning, I just wanted to let our listeners know that we'll be taking audience questions at the end of the conversation. So please feel free to send your questions, either email them to comments at savetibet.org or you can post them in the comment section of our Facebook live stream right here below. So Namritha, I want to start uh, the conversation um, with you. Can you tell us, uh, share a little bit about yourself and about Kokila? It's like, it's such an interesting um, uh, publishing uh, entity that you have created. So can you share a
0: little bit about that? Absolutely, I'd be delighted, thank you. Um, So I am, as you mentioned, the publisher at Kokila, which is a children's book (laughs) imprint at Penguin Random House. And um, I had come up in my career always working in children's books at at various houses. So, as you said, at HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, Mm -hmm. um, and um, at at Disney as well. And some years back, you know, all all along the way, I sort of would pay attention to what are the books we're making and who are they for? Because one of the things that I think we all understand is that Mm -hmm. as a society, we tend to make books about uh, the things we care about. It's a way of revealing what and who we value. And so often uh, children's books, American children's literature, wasn't really reflecting um, the lives of uh, kids who were either kids of color, queer kids, kids from the margins in different ways, kids abilities, things like this. And there was really um, an opportunity to uh, create books that reflected their lives, that, um, uh, brought about a sort of sense of joyfulness and really uh, acknowledged their humanity. And so some years back when I was working at Penguin, I um, approached the uh, president of our division to say, um, I feel like there's um, a bit of an opportunity here. Many people across the industry, of course, have been doing this work for decades and decades, but I felt like I could be doing more personally, and I wondered if there would be a chance to create an imprint where you would not just focus on representation on the page, meaning in the characters you see in the books, and not just also in the the creators, which means the authors and illustrators, but in the gatekeepers. That's all of us, the publishers, the editors, the designers, um, who create who create and shape the book. Because we know that if you're looking at it through purely a white or you know sort of culturally dominant gaze, um, a lot of the nuances can sometimes be sloughed off. And so I had hoped that we could make uh, a, a community of creators come together where we would have the opportunity to make our most dynamic work, to hopefully make books that would reflect the world that we actually live in, as diverse as it is, and to make, you know, to do the most um, uh, exciting, beautifully told storytelling. And so that's how Kokila was born. That was in 2017 I pitched this, in 2018 we announced, and then in the year 2019 we started our first books. And um, since then we've published Picture books, middle grade, young adult, graphic novels, fiction and nonfiction—we do a little bit of everything. Um, and it's been exciting to see how the books have been received. There's a lot of award winners, bestsellers on the list. There's also a lot of books that I feel like may not have existed anywhere else if we hadn't created this home for them. And that's probably what I'm proudest of. So it was—that's um, sort of the origin of Kokila and uh, part of where the story for the Seed of Compassion began as well and very
1: much relevant uh, for our times today with your your um books reaching us and with that uh as you mentioned seed of compassion i'm going to show a little clip here that uh, i found um, that uh, you had created that tells you a little bit about the book so let me play that for our viewers we all have the
3: seed of compassion inside of us It's up to us to nurture that seed in ourselves and in others. Written by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, a celebration of love and compassion to inspire the youngest readers. Available wherever books are sold.
1: It's such a beautiful book, uh, Namrata. So I want to ask you, Had you met His Holiness before you came up with this, and how did you approach it, and how did it uh, come about?
0: Yeah, um, so I had had the opportunity to hear the His Holiness speak once in New York City in Central Park, when I was probably still in university, and then had the chance to meet him in Canada, maybe, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago. It was quite some time ago. Um, my, my parents were diplomats for India, and my mother was posted there. And she had let me know that she would be um, uh, having an audience with His Holiness. And so I was in New York City, and I said, "I'll be right there." And I flew to New York, uh, I flew to Canada so that I could um, accompany her because I was just so excited to be able to have that chance. And in that meeting, I had the opportunity to hear His Holiness speak about. Not just himself and his childhood. He he also knew um, my great uncle and told me some stories about him, which was quite remarkable to me. And I was really affected by the experience of having this moment of direct conversation. This feeling mm-hmm. that although this was someone I admired so much, could always see um, speaking, you know, on the television or kind of at a distance,
3: mm-hmm.
0: there was a feeling of sort of closeness that. Every human can relate one to one, that you are sort of worthy of that kind of direct communication and moment of, I don't know, generosity, connection, intimacy that happens between between humans. And so that really stayed in my mind. And as I continued to make books for children, there was something in my that I couldn't quite let go of about how powerful a feeling it was. And how empowering a feeling it was to have had that experience. So when I started Kokila, I really started to think about how it would be so wonderful for all kids to have that experience, to get to hear from His Holiness directly, to have that moment of connection and contact. And in, because of two things, one key he, he, you know, I'd seen so many different um, clips of him speaking about his own childhood, about he was how he was a little bit naughty, how about you know, but the way that he was so close to his mother, and it 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 felt so universal. You hear all children can be like this, and it was a moment of connection I think all kids could feel. And on the other side, that sense of direct address would I think make kids feel um, that their voices were important, that their point of view was important, and I felt like that would be a real gift especially in this moment where the world is so confusing. And um, we, you know, we children and adults both could use that that sense of um, connection and guidance that His Holiness provides. And so I was starting this imprint and thought what kinds of books would feel really meaningful uh, and could affect change and could just um, bring comfort, but also have a sense of, sort of activism behind them in that and so, I just wrote a letter, you know, and i i I wrote to His Holiness to say, "I had the opportunity to meet you so many years ago. This is how it affected me, and I think now, as kids are navigating so much in the world, mm-hmm. it would be so powerful for them to get to hear directly from you. Would you ever consider making a picture book? This is what a picture book is, and of course i you know we would our whole team would be here to help in whatever way we could if you think that it's something that is um something that you'd be uh, willing and wanting to do. And, um, and so I sent that off, you know, and just sort of crossed my fingers and hoped. And, uh, and then, you know, I wasn't there when he received the letter, of course, but I was told that he said something along the lines of how, you know, you know, could I, can, can I teach all the animals? I mean, can I, I can't, but can I teach the children? He says, I think it's my duty to do so. And I was told this and I said, Is that a yes? (laughs) So that's how how I found out that um, he was interested. And then, you know, I heard back from um, from uh, his team there to sort of say, "This is when His Holiness will be able to see you." So then I got on a flight and went to Harimshaala, spent some days there, and got to interview him. And uh, through his own stories about his childhood, his teachings, we've created the Seed of Compassion.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And the book is just so beautiful. So I want to ask you now, can you share a little bit more about the conversations you had maybe with His Holiness, maybe something a little more detail about the book? Of course. Um, because we like to hear.
0: Certainly. So, um, so the book really uh, uh, covers both a little bit about um, His Holiness's childhood, um, because we really felt that's, uh, showing his holiness as a child will help children today feel that moment of of seeing oh you know i'm kind of like this too i can i can be inspired in this way it doesn't just feel like somebody who you admire from a great distance and don't realize that you can um strive to carry the same compassion in your daily life and work just as a regular kid and so a lot of the story talks about um his Holiness's childhood as he grows up and then his teachings now. So I think we have some materials that maybe we can share from the book. You know, it opens with his his childhood at home. You see the kind of uh, environment in which he grew up. He, t- she, he shared a wonderful story about how one of his favorite jobs, um, you know, because he grew up, you know, as in a uh, family of sort of farmers and herders, that kind of thing, that his favorite job was to collect the eggs from the chickens. So there you see him doing that. Um, and that he had, you know, the, the scorpions in in the home for his company, and that how he um, learned so much about uh, compassion, and that this the seed of compassion in him was really planted through his relationship with his mother. So I think we have a, maybe an image around that. And there, I loved this story that he shared. I think he he says it often. He says this often. Yes, oh, it's so <laughs> lovely. It really charmed me so much about how he was. No, maybe the paintings
1: are also really lovely.
0: Yes, yes. The artist that we worked with, Bao Lu, was a, um, a quite a new artist, and he really did such beautiful, beautiful work. But here we have His Holiness riding on the shoulders of his mother, and he shared the story about how he was a little bit naughty, and that when he wanted to go left, he would yank her le- you know, left ear; when he wanted to go right, yank her right ear, and and somehow she would still hear him. And so it just showed a, a side of him that was so um, playful and and I think relatable to a lot of of kids. Mm-hmm. And then he shared the story of how the search party looking for the next Dalai Lama came to his home. And and so here's this, the moment where he's identifying objects of the previous Dalai Lama and they realize that they have found the boy they've been looking for. So it kind of goes mm-hmm. through the periods of his childhood. And then we we see about how he travels you know, to, to Lhasa and begins his formal education and training. But even in in between those moments of training, he shared many stories of how uh, when he had a you know a sliver of time he would always love to tinker he talks a lot about how he loves to tinker with um clocks and watches and see how mechanical he things always were. said that um, uh, if i had a choice i might have
1: been an engineer in my life
0: <laughs> Exactly, it was quite amazing to hear him speak because he just shows sort of an insatiable curiosity and that was also such, such a diverse range of things that occupy the life of his mind and that was really what was so wonderful in getting to spend a little time with him was he would go from talking about philosophy to um sharing interests like this engineering and just had such a breadth of knowledge and that was really wonderful but even then always shared um the space for vulnerability the space to make mistakes and do better the next day so here we see that even when he was um interested in mechanical things sometimes it didn't work out quite as planned and so here he's crashed a car (laughs) into a tree they're all all true stories um and then he went on to speak about compassion about how this is one of the subjects that he was most interested in in his education and how he believes that that seed exists in everyone and especially in all children and how love is the thing that nurtures that seed and so in the opening uh, letter in the book uh, his holiness shares that he probably won't have a chance to meet every single child in the world that would be quite a remarkable feat but through this book he hopes that he has the opportunity to speak with them directly and share this message and i think remind them of the strength that they have within themselves to nurture the seed, the power that it brings when we do do that, how it builds self-confidence and how that really um, nurtures community. And I, and I love that he shares, especially that one line, as I said before, that you can make mistakes that, you know, you can train your mind to be more compassionate, but you may not get it right away. We're all just humans. and Especially the target audience for this book are children. And it's a difficult, um, it's a difficult thing to learn to pause maybe your first impulse of anger uh things like like this and that in fact if you try to do that over time you'll get better at it he says it's sort of like when you learn to play an instrument or when you learn to swim you don't simply know how to do it right away but that we can practice and that we can um improve in how uh improving our skills, just as we do with all other skills, also with how we learn to be compassionate toward one another. So that is sort of an overview of, of the book.
1: Yes, no, Abner, you've captured uh, um, in a beautiful, simple manner, the essence of His Holiness' His words, and it's really moving kind of to go through and uh, it's wonderful to share with the kids. And I, as I was um, looking into, uh, Googling the, um, book, The Seed of Compassion. I also saw that, um, there were groups with teachers and kids and parents doing activities on compassion based, you know, uh, activities, planting seeds and things like that. Is that something you've, like, you've noticed from, uh, people having read the book and engaging after that?
0: Yeah, I think the book has been so wonderfully received, um, and and I think you pointed to it that you see parents and children, or adults and children, mm-hmm. um, engaging with the book together. And there's so many different ways that one can do that, whether it's just in you know reading circles and sharing it, or sharing it at bedtime, or using it to inspire daily activities, or, or doing symbolic activities like planting a sapling to kind of mm-hmm. um, to kind of make concrete the metaphor that they're talking about here. So it has been really wonderful. And I think the nice thing is that you know, families and communities find their own ways with text. That's sort of the wonder of books. and here mm-hmm. I think it's a way of saying that we you know with with this book, we can share the message of His Holiness and it can go um, anywhere with a child. and then how they decide to incorporate into their lives or share with other kids is really up to them. So it's been wonderful to see all the creative ways in which people are doing it i think earlier we talked a little bit about you know where where all is this book being received and and i think that's the thing too is that we've seen it in translation in maybe more than 20 countries uh, in more than 20 languages in more than 50 countries so it's really all over the world because obviously the message of his holiness is something that has a um, global interest
1: global interest yes and also in tibetan
0: i hope yes definitely it's um it's in um it's in Tibetan, and, and I think we may have also done it. There might be multiple translations. There might have been one in, in Tibetan and one in... Um, what is it that most Tibetans in India speak in Theramshala? Is it always Tibetan or there's a... Like, Tibetan. Is it always Tibetan? I will look up because there yes, was really the, there were two translations we had that I was really excited to see. And there's even Marathi maybe, also. Yeah. So we have mm-hmm. a couple of Indian languages too. I think 20 okay. international languages and most certainly Tibetan.
1: Wonderful, yes. Um, and the compassion is compassion and uh, is something that His Holiness always talks about, and it's one of his principal three uh, commitments. Even um, in the United States, from one of his earliest travels, he always was challenging scientists into saying, Why do you only study anger and stress? And you should be studying compassion. Um, why aren't you studying love and compassion? So I think he played, and I will hear from, um, Professor Negila more on that. And uh, before we do into that, I did as researching for this, um, find a clip of His Holiness uh, speaking in 2007. There was a um, large gathering of um, uh, in Seattle, a conference, a five-day conference, also called the Seeds of Compassion. And um, His Holiness sent a message to the organizers uh, and i wanted to play that for us it's again his holiness looking to the camera and uh, uh, message here
3: as one of the 6 billion human being i always have sort of serious serious sort of concern about the future of humanity because i feel that's the everybody's responsibility because we are one of them if the 6 billion human being happy we individual certainly will have happy life. If the six billion human beings facing more crisis, then one individual, no matter how sort of uh, successful individual, they eventually will suffer. So uh, I always believe the uh, happy life at in the individual level or family level or community level or national or global level, they're ultimately very much related with warm-heartedness or compassion. And the compassion, usually I describe infinite compassion, unlimited compassion, unbiased compassion. That is seed from birth, everybody have that seed.
1: With that, Yeshila, Yeshila, I want to ask you, you have worked... Uh served His holiness uh, um, so many years now um, working on this mind science initiative and the sea learning programs. Um, can you share a little bit about that journey about uh, the interactions on this mind and science initiatives?
2: Thank you Angella and uh, I want to just thank Naurata for s- such a beautiful book and the uh, really wonderful uh, stories that you've. Portrait through this book. Um, yes, uh, you know, as His Holiness himself mentioned, that uh, uh, compassion, I mean, he sees compassion as really the key for our uh, well being, for our survival. Um, you know, as he often says, that love and compassion are not luxuries, they are necessities, you know, without which humanity cannot survive. And uh, you know, this goes to his recognition that we are social beings, and uh, uh, as social beings, uh, if we do not find a way to connect with uh, with each other, with a certain sense of warmth and tenderness, a meaningful connection, then uh, society suffers, but also uh, the individuals suffer. So, um, you know, as uh, you well know, attention that uh, His Holiness has, uh, engaged uh, with scientists for many many years uh, you know from this bas- his basic commitment to promoting basic human values he sees that in the education you know the, particularly in the modern societies mm-hmm. uh, we have focused too much on the material development and have neglected to a certain degree the inner values and uh, his first commitment in life is as a human being to uh, help promote, you know, those basic human values like love, compassion. And uh, I know that, you know, he was the inspiration and the, uh, you know, really the uh, encouragement uh, for uh, the neuroscientist, Dr. Richard Davidson, uh, Mm -hmm. for him to explore the positive qualities of the mind, you know, that instead of looking at only from the disease model, the depression and, and how to fix it, but rather to look at positive qualities like love, compassion. And that, that's what led him to establish this uh, Center for Healthy Minds at the uh, University of Wisconsin. And uh, uh, through his, his holiness, his writings, through his engagement with the scientists, I think that we are seeing now that there's a much greater appreciation and the recognition for compassion, even in the business world, you know there are many books now uh, by well-known writers uh, that uh, seeing that how the model of business has to also be they've changed from the traditional model of just focusing on profit to really focusing on the people, you know the people, the centered. and that's that's where the care, the compassion, you know and those are uh, the key ingredients for building those the more cohesive more cooperative and trusting the cooperative the workplace uh, culture
1: as uh it always uh, well, yes, yes says that um you teach about uh, how to be healthy and how to be uh, cleanliness and all of that but you also have to teach about cleanliness of the mind and how to keep like the uh Healthy, healthy mind, because healthy mind impacts the healthy body and all of that. So, uh, Professor Negula, now, uh, can you tell us about, um, the C learning program at Emory University? Because this is all connected with that. And you have been working almost 20 years on that, if I'm, uh, uh, on that program. So, um, can you share, tell us about that?
2: Yes, certainly. Uh, as uh, in my introduction, uh, as you mentioned about uh, the compassion training program that we developed at Emory University, uh, you know, f- that was the kind of the precursor to see learning really. It started with uh, His Holiness's advice, if you will, uh, back in 1998 when uh, he inaugurated a, a partnership between Emory University and the, one of the Tibetan monasteries called Tepong Monastery. Uh, at the time, he also gave the commencement speech at Emory University, and in that speech, he uh, it emphasized the importance of compassion. He said that uh, we can have all the different technological you know uh, knowledge, but how we use that depends on the person. If person has warm-heartedness, if it comes from compassion, that knowledge would be used constructively. And we took that to heart and then the, developed the CPCD, Cognitive-Based Compassion Training, uh, back in 2004, 2005, you know, as a research uh, study you know, with students and other populations. Uh, in 2015, His Holiness asked us to develop a framework, a comprehensive framework, uh, and uh, some Curricula for bringing this in uh, schools K through 12, because His Holiness, uh, you know, is things in the long term. uh, He sees that that to create a culture of compassion, and that really to be the compassionate outlook to become as our cultural kind of, you know, mindset, uh, it will require uh, bringing compassion in. Education all the way through, you know, kindergarten through higher education, and uh, so in uh, his Holiness has of course has written extensively as uh, uh, he refers to this education as the secular ethics, you know, that uh, the ethics for the new millennium and the beyond religion ethics for the whole world. Uh, in these books, he has of course articulated the framework, the, the what uh, the key skills and the ways to do that, but he needed. A framework for the educators, and then the, the curriculum built around that. Uh, so we developed this, uh, and uh, in 2019, it was launched internationally in Delhi with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and uh, we had uh, 37 countries represented there, over 1,000 educational policymakers, and uh, um, the sea learning social, emotional, and ethical learning—that uh, what His Holiness often also referred to as secular ethics or the the uh, universal ethics. Uh, this is basically, it uh, brings many new kind of tools or elements to uh, existing social emotional learning movement. Uh, as you may know, social emotional learning movement started you know, about 30 some years ago in the 90s, uh, early 90s, uh, and uh, focus on five kind of, competencies you know self-awareness self-management empathy social skills and the decision making but uh, as uh, dr daniel goleman who was with who uh, one of the pioneers in this movement uh, he recognizes that uh, social emotional learning field uh, needs uh, you know many new kind of elements Today he wrote this book uh, in the 2014, I believe 13 or 14. Uh, so um, in sea learning uh, we you know we draw contents from His Holiness's writing, His teachings, okay. His uh, lectures, uh, and it is around three kind of the core what we call the three domains, you know the three domains and the three dimensions has to do with the personal domain interpersonal domain and the systems domain Uh, it's around attention kind of awareness compassion and then how to engage you know with equipped with awareness and compassion so the compassion is really the container in this but the C learning um, brings uh, or complements the uh, existing social emotional learning uh, framework uh, with like attention training in a very systematic way to enhance attention, cultivate care and compassion. Compassion t- t- is a trend, uh, as Namaratra was saying that you know that the the, the we all have the has said that we all have the seed, but how do we expand that using our intelligence and the, the various ways to how to. Bring that seed into full flourishing, and that's what the sea learning provides. That, and then it brings the systems thinking into dependence lens to understanding, you know, that our uh, situation, our our condition, uh, and uh, uh, in that way, then the, uh, encourages a more com- the ethical outlook. You know, so in in that way, uh, as De- Dr. Bowman says, that the sea learning. Uh, he sees it as SEL 2.0 because of this uh, very crucial added uh, elements it brings to the social-emotional learning. And uh, so, uh, C-Learning, uh, as uh, I mentioned, it was launched in 2019, uh, and it's now uh, it's implemented globally.
1: I want to ask you to share maybe some personal uh, experiences or examples that you have seen or come across from working on these programs, because it's one thing to hear about what it is and how it is formed and what it is, but then it's also um, interesting to hear uh, like a direct uh, example or experiences or something like that, if, if you. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: So, um, uh,
2: You know, I've been working in this area for uh, many years uh, with the adults, with the compassion with adults, uh, but also with the, you know, not so directly with the K through 12 uh, education because I teach at a university, but with the undergrads. But in developing a C-learning framework and then working with, uh, you know, our team who bring this into uh, the uh, K through 12 education, what uh, is really encouraging for me to see is that the educators, you know, when we offer this, they find that in this uh, program, uh, it actually helps them, you know, that it helps them uh, cope with their own stresses. It, it helps their well-being. And so that they can uh, be more present with the, the children. Um, they, they, they find that the C-learning tools are uh, over ninety percent, they find it f- helpful for themselves personally and for the, the uh, children in the classroom. Uh, and uh, you know, and this is very true. That uh, right now uh, there's uh, uh, a study uh, that's ongoing in Brazil, for example. Overwhelmingly, the teachers find that very important. I think that you know, it is important. Uh, we are we're going to do the study with the students themselves also Mm -hmm. but uh, you know it's uh, we're in the process of uh, doing this study but we first did with implementation with the teachers uh, and uh, uh, to see that overwhelming number of teachers finding that how helpful it is and then when they introduce the students it changes the the classroom dynamics which is I think really important because uh, you know uh, if you uh, see the surveys, uh, 90% of the teachers today, particularly during this pandemic, uh, find themselves you know suffering with burnout. You know, the over 94% of the the teachers they find that their uh, students need the you know help with the mental health and that cope with the stresses and like that and the e-learning you know uh, strategies and the tools the skills uh, it addresses uh, not only you know the how to manage their emotions uh, as you were saying that his Holiness you know is uh, uh, really it sees that uh, like the physical hygiene we do need to teach children emotional hygiene and uh,
0: uh,
2: so those are you know uh, some of the things that uh, uh, you know, it, it's still early, you know, sea learning, uh, but uh, anecdotally, we're hearing uh, from teachers all around the world, I mean, it, um, really encouraging feedback. And uh, over 150,000 or so teachers have engaged our C 101 mm-hmm. uh, around the world, you know, for uh, around over 100 countries. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and this is uh, his Holiness's vision, how to, infuse compassion uh, in education, but also in the, you know, in the society, in other uh, fields of human society.
1: Thank you. And then the educators program, that is available on your, um, on the website. And it's something anybody can sign up for, or is it, uh, am I I right? And is this something that not just teachers, but now in this, um, uh new situation, you know, parents are also struggling, becoming forced to become teachers. So is that something that's available for ordinary non-teachers who deal with um, um, teaching kids and others uh, to take up?
2: Yes. Uh, the, uh, as I mentioned that uh, C learning uh, is intended uh, for global dissemination and it is a gift really from His Holiness uh, and the, all the resources in our program are free of charge. Uh, anyone from around the world can uh, take the C101, you uh, know, just going to our website clearning.emory.edu, uh and as I mentioned that over 150,000 so have engaged that uh, platform. Um, um, and uh, once you do the C101, all the material, we have the curriculum for early uh, elementary school, you know, the late elementary school, middle school, high school curriculum is uh, being uh, finalized now. It will be ready very soon. Uh, and there are a host of other, you know, uh, activities, like the, for example, standalone activities for children, particularly during this pandemic. And the uh, parents have been using this with the children actually uh, uh, and uh, we' have been very uh, happy to see how parents are engaging those activities uh, but uh, for the the long term you know for, to make it sustainable we do have a very kind of the comprehensive uh, uh, the plan uh, and that involves uh, training the facilitators uh, we with uh, we, our team has been providing uh, training to the educators, but uh, um, before the pandemic, we did it in person. Uh, During pandemic, we have been doing this online uh, that again, they can, uh, any teacher interested uh, can uh, contact us. But then uh, we have uh, a program called facilitator, C-Learning facilitators training. That actually is training the teacher trainers, basically we have done about uh, hundred, 50 or so last year, and 250 or so this year. From, you know, last year it was from about 14 countries or so this year, 37 countries are participating in the uh, facilitator training. Those facilitators can then train uh, various teachers. And then at the same time, we have many uh, partnerships around the world, the organizations, some big and the national level, uh, you know, others are, uh, and NGOs on it, uh, and then uh, some on kind of the district levels or the school levels.
1: Luso, thank you, Lutsala.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: I'm going to check with our team if we have, uh, viewer questions at this point. Now, my first question that I have, uh, here is, uh, what age would you recommend introducing this book to children? So, Namrata, maybe you can address uh, in your book, and uh, Keshula, you could address in terms of the um, compassion training.
0: Certainly. So I think it's a it's a picture book with not a great deal of text, so it it really varies on what you think is appropriate for your child. But I'd say probably five and up is is perfectly fine.
2: And C learning uh, is, uh, as I mentioned, that it is introduced uh, you know at early elementary level, so five six uh, again. To, uh, Some of the teachers certainly uh, can uh, utilize our uh, curriculum uh, for kindergarten level as well. But uh, at this level, at this point, it's mainly uh, introduced at the first grade level.
1: Another question that says, are there plans for children's books from His Holiness in the future? (laughs) I don't know if you have an answer for that.
0: I'm afraid I don't have an answer for that now. Of course, I would love that very much, but I understand His Holiness has a number of things <laughs> on his plate, um, so nothing that uh, that is in the works with us.
1: I think His Holiness probably has more uh, uh, more than books uh, a whole a whole set of compassion learning for children. <laughs> uh, anything else that you'd like to share with our viewers uh, on the uh, from either of you?
0: Of course, only after the fact I remembered that it's also in Ladakhi, in addition to, to Tibetan. That's what I was trying to come up with. So yeah, I feel like um, if if readers are looking for this book, hopefully um, viewers from around the world can be able to find it in in their in their language of choice. But of course, it's available here um, anywhere. It's
1: available everywhere, but it's also available on the ICT store. So please visit the ICT store. We have. Uh, uh this book uh, there as well as uh, numerous others uh there there's also another book uh, written in collaboration with this holiness with an artist rima fujita that's also on our um, bookstore so please visit the bookstore and i think
2: i, I just wanted to say that uh, on um, our website c-learning.emory.edu, um you know parents uh, or teachers, they can find also, we have a playbook for children. uh, And uh, it's specifically about uh, during this pandemic times, how to, uh, you know, how to work with their emotions, uh, but also uh, it has uh, compassion, how to cultivate compassion uh, through a playbook. So that's available, it's again free, uh, uh, and uh, it can be accessed through clearning.emory.edu.
1: Thank you, Yeshua. That's a a fabulous resource uh, for all those parents listening in today, or uh, not just parents, aunts and uncles and anyone, um, grandparents also.
0: um, My daughter, thank you.
1: Oh. And thank you so very much for both of you for making uh, the time to join us uh, today. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking with you both. Uh, Thank you for your work in sharing uh, His Holiness's uh, words and wisdom um, with a larger audience, and I know our ICT members uh, uh, really appreciate and uh, care for that. So thank you again for uh, tuning for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much.
1: With that, um, we're at the end of our session today, and I would like to remind everyone. We'll be back again, uh, next, uh, next month with another episode of Tibet Talks. And our conversation will be with Peggy Callahan and Geshe Thutin Jimbala on a movie called Mushin Joy about His Holiness and, uh, Archbishop Tutu. So thank you all, um, uh, for, for joining in today. And, uh, before I end off, I do want to uh, say everybody uh, say that today, uh, as we are also uh, meeting over here, there's a giant spotlight on China, flaunting its muscles by hosting the prestigious Olympic Games, and uh, it is also the time for us to remember that um, we have to hold China accountable for the atrocities it is committing within its borders as we also watch these games. So watch, okay, and. With that, please join us at International Campaign for Tibet to learn more. You can visit our website, savetibet.org, to learn more about the situation in Tibet and support our work as well. So we are here because of your support and, um, and please share and like this video. See you again next month. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tibet Talks. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Learn more at SaveTibet.org pod. To find out how you can get involved in our efforts to promote human rights and democratic freedoms for the people of Tibet, please visit SaveTibet.org support. Thank you and see you next time on Tibet Talks.